So a few days ago, I was at the dentist, just for a cleaning exam. I had some x-rays taken, and then I was sitting there waiting for the dentist for a few minutes. And while I waited, I noticed that the screen next to me displayed all of the x-rays they had just taken of my teeth. And as I glanced over at that screen, my first thought was, oh, look at those toes. <laughs> Immediately followed by, no, those are my teeth. But the x-ray of my bottom front teeth looked an awful lot like an x-ray of toes at first glance. You know, there's a lot more to our teeth than we see, and those bottom teeth has long, straight roots, and they really looked for a moment to me like an x-ray of toes. And this sort of imitation in the body, it, it really pleased me. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but I have to admit that I have an absolute fascination with the human body. I have always been fascinated by the way that we work. Our bodies are amazing. We are miraculous creations. We generally all have the same parts put together in the same way. And just look how different we are. The shapes of our bodies, the way we walk, the angle of our joints, the arch of an eyebrow, the size of your toes. There are infinite variations of the human body and not one of us is exactly the same as any other. And even more than what goes on, on the outside, or what we look like, I am continually astounded at all of the processes going on inside of our bodies that keep us alive and functioning. The various organs and systems that keep doing their thing mostly without our notice or knowledge. I remember in grade school when I first learned about mitochondria, those little organelles inside our cells that produce the chemicals that those cells use for energy. I thought they were the most beautiful and interesting things I'd ever come across. And later in college, I learned about the Krebs cycle, a wonderfully complex and efficient circle of chemical reactions that occurs within those mitochondria. And I thought it was the most amazing feat of engineering in your body. Do you ever think about all those things going on in your body at any given moment? Right now, your blood is rushing from your heart at a rate of about three feet per second. It stops in at your lungs, gives up some carbon dioxide and picks up some oxygen and then delivers that oxygen all over your body. 
In the time that you've been listening to me, every red blood cell in your body has completed that entire circuit about five times. And those little red blood cells, they only live about 120 days. So your body is continually making new ones to replace the ones that die. Your body makes about two million new red blood cells every second. And that's just one of the hundreds of different types of cells in your body being renewed every second. We are miraculous creations. When I hear this morning's passage from Paul's letter to the Romans about the body and the many members, this is what I think of. I think of all those interlinked parts of our body systems, those trillions of cells, each with their own function, all working together to keep the body running. There is no single cell or system of the human body that can operate independently. And it takes all of those different parts, all of those different systems and kinds of cells to keep us going. Each cell, each organ, each system of our bodies has its own gift to use in the service of the body as a whole. And this is precisely how we function together as the body of Christ. Paul says to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Our amazing, miraculous bodies are holy. Your body is acceptable to God. And I hope you heard last week's sermon from the Reverend Tuesday Rupp, who spoke so eloquently about this point. If you didn't hear it, go find it and listen. Your body is acceptable to God. Your body is so acceptable to God that Paul says to present it as a living sacrifice, that sacrifice being your spiritual worship. Our bodies are vessels for our worship of God, places for God to dwell, instruments in living out our love of God in and for the world. And Paul goes on to say that we have gifts, all of us, gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. And he lists some of those Elsewhere, he lists different ones. We know there are many more than are listed, right? But these gifts, Paul says, are given to us according to the grace given us. These gifts are the embodiment of that grace. Spiritual gifts given to us through grace and lived out by us with the flesh and the blood of our bodies. 
these embodied gifts of grace are just as important and essential to our functioning as the body of Christ as our hearts or lungs or mitochondria are essential to our functioning as human creatures. Now these gifts are not given just for our own personal benefit, but to nourish the community of, as one body in Christ. We who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another, says Paul. Though my behavior affects me, certainly, and also all of the bodies that I'm a part of, my family, my neighborhood, this congregation, all the others. So in the gospel reading for today, Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? Well, first he asks his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do others say that I am? And after hearing the names of many great prophets, then Jesus gets personal and asks them, but who do you say that I am? And we heard Peter's answer, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. This was a radical answer, and especially provocative, given the setting. Jesus and the disciples had just entered Caesarea Philippi. This was an area of Roman settlements, near a temple that had been built by Herod the Great. The temple was dedicated to Rome and to the Emperor Augustus, the first emperor of the Roman Empire. And part of the Emperor Augustus' title was Son of the Divine. And so with the backdrop of this emperor and the Romans who had been oppressing the Jewish people for so long, Peter declares, you are the Messiah, the true Son of God. Now we know that Jesus was not the kind of Messiah that people were necessarily looking for. He wasn't going to overthrow the Romans with military might and create his own kingdom to rule over. Jesus is a king whose kingdom is that of heaven, a teacher who teaches love and compassion and generosity and shows us how to create that kingdom of heaven right here and right now on earth. And we do that by listening to Jesus, our teacher and our Messiah, by using those spiritual gifts that we've been given to embody the grace of God right here, right now on earth. So who do you say that Jesus is? We all answer that question, consciously or not, with our actions at least as much as our words. How we choose to use those spiritual gifts we've been given 
shows who we think Jesus is. How we live and work together as members of one body, day in and day out, that shows who we think Jesus is. When we use our gifts in the service of love, when we embody that love of Christ, we answer that question. Amen.